Welcome back to the Love Your Story podcast. Eleanor Roosevelt said, quote, In the long run, we shape our lives and we shape ourselves. The process never ends until we die, and the choices we make are ultimately our own responsibility. Unquote. In other words, happiness is an inside job, and we are very powerful beings. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to live intentional and fearless. And I'm going to tell you about my new tool to help you jump into that feat first, which is my new book, Life, Live Intentional and Fearless Every Day. And that just came out the beginning of March. So I'm excited about sharing sort of how that came about and giving you a little background. And I just want to say up front, this particular episode, if you're a regular follower and you listen to all of the episodes regularly, you're going to see a lot of pieces of things you've already heard that are being woven into this space. So stick with me. In the end, it all comes together. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. When I was on the interview with Emily and Eric Orton from New York, you'll remember them from an earlier episode. They're the authors of the book Seven at Sea. He was a screenwriter, and one of his productions flopped, if you'll remember. It stayed open for only five weeks, and he had to take a temporary job in a high-rise. His job gave him a view out the window of the Hudson River, and he used to watch the sailboat sailing by, and he started dreaming about what it would look like to learn to sail, to live a life on his own terms. Now, he wasn't from the class of people who usually sail. His wife, Emily, who stayed at home with their five kids, had a deep fear of water. But one step at a time, they considered what could go right instead of what might go wrong. Soon enough, they had learned how to sail. They had taught their children, and they found themselves living on a sailboat for a year as they traveled 5,000 miles around the Caribbean. This was all done despite having very limited funds Their youngest daughter was Down syndrome, and none of them had any background in sailing when they started. You'll remember that story if you listened to it. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the Seven at Sea episode, go back and grab it for sure. Some fantastic insights on making things happen. So one of the reasons that I loved this interview the most was because when I asked them what their big takeaway from this incredible life adventure was, Emily answered that she had found three types of confidence. The first was that she learned to trust herself because she did what she set out to do, what she said she would do, right? The second was competence. She learned new skills on this adventure, so she had an increased sense of competence. She you know, learned how to rig, how to find food in completely unknown places, how to pack the things they needed to live with hardly nothing and pack in small places and figure out things, a hundred new things that she had to learn how to do that she didn't know. Now, the third one was that she gained a sense of comfort with uncertainty. Let me repeat that. She gained a sense of comfort with uncertainty. They learned after weeks and months of sailing to new islands, 
not knowing their way around, not knowing where food would be on each island, not knowing where their resources would be that they needed, not having a crystal ball about the weather, or having all of the answers. They learned to trust that things would emerge and they would find their way. Eric said, quote, We will not know all the answers when we begin, and that's okay. Now we know we will figure them out. Unquote. This last one was my favorite because it was the learned skill and choice of faith over fear. I saw an ad in an Oprah magazine many years ago, and it said, quote, Every woman has a story. It's not how you tell it. It's how you live it. Unquote. I ripped that out. I've kept it for 25 years. It's up on a bulletin board. The Love Your Story platform, as many of you know, has three parts. The past, the present, and the future. The past, most of us have stories from our past that hold us back at at one point or another. And those stories hold shame or a deep sense of victimhood or unworthiness or regret. And until we learn to reframe these, we stay stuck in places that we can't progress past. I work with clients to help them reframe those stories. The second is the present, the stories that we are telling ourselves right now and the importance of recognizing the negative ones that are eating away at our confidence, at our worthiness, and at our engagement with the world. These are critical to recognize and to manage. And the third is the future. This is my focus for today's discussion, taking action, Living intentional and fearless to create the storyline you want to tell, the storyline that you want to live. This requires intention and it requires courage. Now, we do lots of this. I know already that in each of your lives, there are places where you are fighting against fear and self-doubt. That's one thing that we are all actively working on and doing. We're not pawns of life. We're the creators of our stories. And by living intentional and fearless every day, we can write a story that brings us fierce joy, pride in our risings, and treasure troves beyond what we may realize we are capable of, just treasure troves of experiences. Now, we can do this because the universe has our back. And when you are standing up and stepping into the arena, running toward the fear and watching it disappear, well, That's when the magic happens. That's what we're talking about. That's when you stand in your power, create possibility, and shine. Henry David Thoreau said, When you achieve your dreams, it's not so much what you get as what you become while achieving it. I think this is so important for us to take a minute to think about because so often it's about the end. Like, I can't wait until I achieve that. When really the most beautiful experiences is the joy of the journey, which of course is so cliche, right? Enjoy the journey. But it really is about who we are becoming. And oftentimes we don't even know or recognize how we are changing or what we are becoming as we go through a process of living intentionally and living big and stepping out with faith. And it's when we look back that we realize how far we've come and what we've done. So This quote, when you achieve your dreams, it's not so much what you get as what you become while achieving it. It's just something to keep in the back of your mind. When we go back to Eric and Emily of this huge sailing trip. It wasn't just the sailing trip. In fact, that, of course, is just the vehicle. It was 
the relationships that they built with their family. It was the things that they learned. It was this idea, this last third idea that I was talking about earlier of coming to a place of comfort with uncertainty. What a tremendous gift to have gained through that experience because that level of faith, that level of trust in the ability to walk forward in your life and create what you want, fantastic, right? It's what you become while achieving it. So I want to just reiterate this point. The best stories, when you're reading a book or a watching a movie, right? The best stories that are pulling you along are not about characters who are binge watching Netflix, right? They aren't about people who are watching other people live their lives. They aren't even about people who have found that comfortable place to sort of not rock the boat, even though most of the time, that's what we as humans are searching for, that sweet, comfortable spot. No, the best storylines, the best movies, the best books are those with the characters that want something bad enough that they're willing to overcome the obstacles in front of them to get it, right? Those stories show growth and the characters change as they stretch and often face things that they don't want to face. But to do this, we often need what Emily was talking about, which is that sense of comfort with uncertainty, the knowing that we won't know how to do everything and we won't know how the story will end, but we will still take action and we will still move forward. We will act in faith. So let me share some examples with you. And these are of past episodes. Tune into them if you haven't listened to them. If you have, you'll know what I'm referring to. The first is an example of reframing tragedy. In episode 83, Wendy Garrett was in a scooter accident where one of her legs was paralyzed. When I asked her toward the end of the interview if she would undo the accident if she could, she said no, because without the paralysis of her leg, she wouldn't have been able to qualify for the seven largest world marathons. Her tragedy had become a ticket to experiences that she was so pleased that she could have. She intentionally chose to amplify her story with action. She created an interesting story despite the tragedy and turned it into triumph. I share this because when we know that, when we know that even through life's darkest experiences, we can choose to see light, then there is automatically an increased faith rather than fear. Okay, the second example, this is of intentional living. In episode 23 with Marvin Kassler, he decided to live his life on his own terms. If you remember, he chooses to live in a storage shed and drive a Prius to save money so he can hike all summer. He doesn't have to pay rent or a mortgage or utilities. And in the summer, he's out living on the trails, the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, trails across Arizona, many trails. He's always just out hiking. And then during the winter, he teaches third grade. He travels to the University of Arizona Wildcat Games as the super fan, painted face, blue beard and all. He's got a story, a story written from his own personal desire to hike, to be in touch with nature, to play big as a super fan, he acts and creates his own personal lifestyle, a story all his own, and it is interesting. It is very intentional living. The third example is of intentional and fearless creation. In episode 115, Sarah Dean took her struggle with infertility 
and created the Shameless Mom Academy podcast. She was finally able to get pregnant with her son, but no other fertilization efforts brought her any more children, and so she channeled her love and the extra time she felt like she had because of raising only one child into a podcast and a platform to support and inspire other moms around the world. These three examples show people intentionally writing a life story on their own terms, despite and because of the things that happened to them that they couldn't control. In Marvin's case, just intentionally building a unique storyline all his own. Now, I want to qualify the word fearless. When I'm talking about living intentional and fearless, I don't mean that we don't feel fear when we face something new or something we don't know how to do, something that pushes our buttons regarding the fear of rejection or the fear of failure or the fear of public humiliation or the fear of loss or the fear of wasting time or money. We definitely feel the fear. But by fearless, I mean we work out that muscle and we fear less. Each time we face a fear and see our growth and experiences in tough places, we increase our faith in ourselves. We increase our faith in the universal way of things, in trusting that God has our back, that we will find our way, like Eric was talking about. We don't know, but once we've done it enough and we know that we always find our way out, we will fear less. This makes us incredibly powerful when we get to that point. What about if we feel like what we want doesn't look like everyone else's story? One of the most beautiful and exciting things about us humans is how individual we all are. In the scriptures, God tells us that we are to give the beggar what he wants, not what we think he deserves or needs. And I've always found this interesting. I bring this up because to me, it illustrates that God cares about us individually, and he cares what we want. The crazy type of life that we each want to live is totally legit. There's not just one way to do it. We often get ourselves caught up in all the shoulds and musts and all the things that we're supposed to do that are culturally expected, the way everyone else is doing it. But once we are bold enough to see past those, past the one way of doing things, to deviate, our own true style and heart can break out. And this is beautiful and exciting because it's something different and unique for everyone. Everybody just does it in a different way. And there's so much satisfaction in that type of life creation. So the story we want to write matters. It matters to us and it matters to God. And frankly, I think it matters to the whole world because we all benefit when we each follow our own bliss and the talents and the gifts that we were sent to create with. Don't rip yourself off. Don't rip the world off. Live your unique life story intentionally and on purpose, right? So back to the question. What does it mean to live intentionally? I think it means to live on purpose, not to be acted upon, but to be the instigator of the story only you can write. Here's a couple of questions I'd like you to think about. You can hit pause after each question. Give it a little thought. The first one, is your life run by a bunch of must-dos that others create for you or you are creating for yourself? Two, if you feel like you're at the mercy of other people's expectations, what would you do differently if you could just start writing something new, writing what you want? Three, if you are simply not taking action in your life, if 
you're in the nothing is happening in my story because I'm lazy or paralyzed by fear or just too comfortable, is that the legacy you want to leave behind? Four, what is something that is really important to you? Something you want enough to overcome the obstacles that stand in your way. A fantastic relationship, a bike ride across the country, to buy that rental property and become a landlord. What is it for you? And five, the fastest way to change up a story is to add a character or to incite an action that you can't turn back from. Does your story need a little excitement? And what might that look like? Well, the good news is that you are in charge of your choices every day. With every choice to act or not act, you write the next paragraph in your life story. So you are totally the one with all the power. Ralph Marston said, quote, From this moment on, you don't have to let anyone else's opinion have any influence on the way you live your life. From this moment on, you can make every choice based on your highest, most treasured values. From this moment on, you can let go of all worries about what might or might not happen. From this moment on, you can drop all your resentment and anguish about what's already in the past. From this moment on, your life can be as good as you choose to make it. From this moment on, you can persistently stick with your commitment to live the best life you can imagine. Today, your wisdom is greater than it's ever been. Today, you have more experience than at any other point in your life so far. So today and from now on, you're able to make the most of all of that. From this moment on, you can expect the best and live up to those expectations. From this moment on, the possibilities are beautiful and amazing. Let this be the day you choose to live at a higher level than ever before. Unquote. Isn't that magnificent? I really, really like his stuff. So many of you are already going to know this story. Like I said, I'm, I'm weaving a number of pieces together here, but let me tell you part of my personal story. My Love Your Story research started because I did not love my story. I had been married and divorced three times and I felt shame and frankly, a big sense of disbelief about my story. I couldn't believe how it had turned out. And I had also acquired a lot of pain and distrust of men, cynicism. I didn't really wallow in the victim spaces, but I was emotionally roughed up and I could not see my way around it after the, all of the years of this accumulation. So one day, one of my friends from work walked into my office and she said, I just returned from this emotional intelligence training. It is so wonderful. And I thought of you while I was there. You need to go. <laughs> I trusted her. And so I signed up and I went. I went because I knew I was stuck. And I knew that despite all the things I had tried, I couldn't get myself unstuck. I had no idea what lay ahead with this. I had no idea that I would spend the better part of the next year flying back and forth between Utah and Ohio, attending one level after another, and working my way through coaches and programs, and eventually becoming a coach myself in the program. One day, while I was going through one of my coaching sessions, my coach handed us an assignment with the confidence of someone who could not be challenged. But beneath her challenge, excitement bubbled. She knew she was sending us out to gain an insight. 
But she also knew that we would all push back and opt for a trek to Starbucks if given even the slightest option between setting up a free hug stand and retreating to a safe and comfortable place. We were not given the slightest option. We were told we had to set up a free hug stand. This assignment was to take 30 minutes and create a sign announcing free hugs. Translation, head to the dollar store for poster board and markers. And then we'd have another 30 minutes to set up shop and choose our spot where we wanted to set up the free hugs. And after that, we'd have an hour to offer hugs to the general passersby. My teammates and I looked at each other with trepidation, but we knew there was no way out. So we pulled up our big people panties and went to work. Now, at least if this flopped, and this is what I was thinking in my mind, at least if this flops, we'll flop together and we'll have a story to tell and we won't be alone out there feeling stupid. This uncomfortable assignment joined the ranks of many uncomfortable assignments that were a part of growing and creating connection and possibility in our lives, finding a way to see things differently, getting out of our comfort zones. But ultimately, they were life-changing projects. My coaches insisted upon these during our emotional intelligence training, and there was a reason for it, because they created change. When I became a coach and I started helping others who were as fresh and uncomfortable as I had once been, I got to see and experience the transformation from the other side. And regardless of the side you were on, the experiences were powerful. They created discomfort for sure, but they also created connection and communication, and love, and possibility. And the thing that was really interesting to me as I was going through this is that at first glance, when you were considering whatever the challenge was, the experience that you were told to go do or create, I didn't ever know. None of us really knew what it was going to be like on the other side. Meaning, you look at something like set up a free hug stand, and you think, okay, you know, I kind of think I'm going to know how I feel when this is done. I kind of think that I'm going to understand what this experience is about until you get into it. And when you actually do it and when you really get into it, you understand and you start to see that stuff happens that you had no idea would happen. You meet people in ways and join them and open doors, things that you could never have guessed would happen would happen. And you have experiences that you couldn't have projected. So when you're looking at the challenges, you might know think that you know ahead of time, oh, I already do this, or this doesn't, you know, this is no big deal. And my challenge to you is to do them anyway. So they created discomfort, but they also created all of those other wonderful things, connection, communication, love, possibility. And one thing was certain that I wouldn't have done these things on my own. I wouldn't have even thought of many of them. And I would have figured myself too busy to bother with some of the others. But here's the thing. If you're not getting what you want from your life, if your story needs some tweaking, then you have to do some things differently. That's where the 21 life challenges come in. The life living intentional and fearless every day the 21 Life Connection Challenges, that's where they come in. They come in to help you do a little bit of this tweaking. The third tier of the Love Your Story platform is one of taking action to create your life on purpose. So last year, and many of you who are regular listeners, again, this isn't going to be new, but last year, you know, I created something called the 21 Day Challenge for Creating Connection, Possibility, and Self-Care. 
Well, that was the precursor to this book. It was designed to provide a buffet of life hacks that the Love Your Story podcast audience and followers would try out during a three-week period, and after which they could choose the life hacks that individually meant the most to them and help them create great experiences and connection and self-care in their lives. It was an online course. Well, we created online groups with this, if you remember, and those who got involved, they embarked on the challenges together, and many of them supported each other on the Facebook page. And as the groups worked, I talked with the participants, and I found that some things needed improvement. Some people didn't like accessing their challenges online each morning. There were technical, you know, they didn't want to deal with the technology of it. Some of them wanted their notes. At the end of each challenge, there's a space to write in notes about your experiences. And that was done online and submitted to me. But the way it was set up, there wasn't a way for them to keep a copy of their notes. And many of them wanted those. Some of them felt guilt when they would get behind for a day because it was a 21-day challenge. So if they missed a challenge, it created a sense of failure in them and guilt rather than the intended improvements in their life story, which was, you know, the connection and the self-care and all of those things it was meant to create. So that was sort of backfiring a little bit. And then I also had people ask, you know, I want to give this as a gift. How do I do that? But at the time when it was online, there wasn't really a way to do that. So we held a focus group and I got feedback from participants and ideas for some powerful changes were made. Namely, that it shouldn't be a 21-day challenge. It would be more beneficial to have the 21 challenges available for people to do at their own pace. So the name changed. No longer was it the 21-day challenge, but it became the 21 Life Connection Challenges that it is today. The next upgrade was to put it in book form. Very exciting. Creating a book solved all of these other problems. People could keep the records of their notes. They could return to each challenge at will. They could do the challenges at their own pace. They could give it as a gift. So today, you are seeing the tried and tested product for creating better connection, possibility, and self-care in your own life, in your own powerful way and in a way that is challenging, fun, and interesting all at the same time. It's life-changing. This is my tool for this third and extremely important tier of creating our lives on purpose. We all know the things that we should be doing. It's not that we don't. It's not that the ideas in this book are unheard of or that the challenges are bizarre. You probably already do some of them. But the book is a fun and organized way that involves exercises that I have watched work with hundreds of people. I've watched it work with me. I have watched it work with others that I trained with. I have watched it work as I coached other people. These are all tested, tried, true, and they do create connection. They do create self-care and they do create possibility. So it's still a taster's table of life hacks and Sometimes it's just really nice to have a format to follow, and that's what the book is. Something to prompt that action that you want to take to create better things in your life. A platform to follow and inspire you. So, for your copy, and to start creating more of that connection and possibility in your story, you can get a copy of the book on the website, www.loveyourstorypodcast.com. Or you can Google it on Amazon and buy it straight from there. 
And these are going to give you the 21 challenges to take action on. You'll be surprised how sometimes it's the small and simple things that start a whole new storyline. If you want to start living more intentionally, this book is a great place to start and super fun, a super fun way. I've had people do it with their families. I've had people do it in women's groups. I've had people do it individually or as couples. And as we head into spring and summer and there's, you know, looking for good things to be involved with, this book is a wonderful way to branch out on this third part of the Love Your Story platform, this third that that focuses on living with action, living intentional and fearless every day. Thank you for being with me today. I think that one of the things that is most important as we create our life stories is taking that responsibility and understanding that by small and simple things, we really can change and make decisions to write a story that's interesting and fun and something that we want to do. There's nobody that says life has to be full of stress and running ourselves ragged and living in mediocrity and wishing we had done things that we just never made time for or having half-assed relationships because we don't put the time into really connecting the way we should. There are really beautiful, good, rich, joyful ways to live and taking action to create that is our responsibility and our privilege. Thank you for being listeners of the Love Your Story podcast. It's all about a work of heart for me. It's all about creating these tools and inspiration and sharing stories to help you live your best life story on purpose. <music>